0: You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com.
1: Alex Jones banned from everything. The question is why and what do they hope to accomplish? 93 WIBC, Rob Kendall, The Rob Kendall Show. Thanks for joining us. Follow me on Twitter at Rob M. Kendall. As you may be aware, radio talk show host, podcaster, provocateur extraordinaire, Alex Jones has been banned from basically every single media platform known to man. And the question is, why now? And what do these social media platforms hope to accomplish? So with me to sort through all of this, a guy who has his own very popular podcast, which is still, as far as I know, on all the social media platforms.
0: We have not been banned. <laughs>
1: across the freedom plane. Chris Bangle from the We Are Libertarians radio network.
0: Chris. Why does everyone hate Alex Jones now? Well, Alex Jones says a lot of things that are just nonsense. Uh, It's hard to tell if he's an actor or if he's his own crisis actor or if (laughs) he actually believes all the things that he says. Uh, He has a long track record of promoting a lot of different conspiracies. And I think conspiracy theories in and of itself is is a really good smear against someone. I don't think they're, as Alex Jones has said in recent days, I don't think that it is un, uh, unreasonable to question known liars. You know, someone like James Clapper, for instance, who right. perjured himself. Or Dan Coates. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but when you start saying things like, you know, Bush did 9-11 or vaccines or you know, don't vaccinate your children, you, you get into wacky territory. But, but you can't you, ban a guy from social media. You can't ban people because you don't like what they say. If that, if that were the case, I'd have Jim Merritt down here passing a law against you in a second. But you can't do that. Uh, it, it's it, Alex Jones, to me, is the gun control of, of freedom of speech. Nobody's ever actually, it, it's like they haven't fired a gun, so they don't know how it works. They've never listened to Alex Jones, so they don't know what he says, but they're against it, because the media is against it. And Alex Jones has every right to say whatever he wants to say, and i think that the way that you deal with an alex jones is through refuting alex jones the answer to bad speech is good speech it is not prohibition prohibition does not work it hasn't worked in alcohol's case it hasn't worked in marijuana's case and it doesn't work in, in the case of freedom of speech and the these companies are private companies and they have every right not to give him a platform to spread what he says And I I fully recognize their right to do so. But they also sign a terms of service with all of their customers. When you walk into a restaurant, for instance, there's uh, an implied contract that they've opened their doors. They're going to serve you. They can change that contract with you at any given time.
1: But there's rules for me, right? Again, our guest is Chris Spangle from the We Are Libertarians radio network. I got to wear a shirt. I got to wear shoes, right.
0: right? And so what these companies do in their terms of service is give you an explicit contract because they they open their doors to all they're not editors, they're not like the New York Times, they don't edit content other than what is very blatantly harassment or nudity or sexual content. And that's pretty easy to understand. Like you understand, okay? Well, there's this, and so you're you're gone. This is the first time, and why this is so troubling to me is this is the first time these companies are getting into censoring political speech, and that is very dangerous territory for companies that have significant uh, ability to mold what we think in this society. And what these 15 companies did within the span of 24 to 34 hours was get rid of uh, of someone without really any evidence as to what terms of service violations. Now, over time, they have come out and said, he did this, this, and this. But that's like, they, they gave themselves a week or two to kind of figure <laughs> out what the phony baloney excuse was. And so I think as consumers of these platforms, we have every right to say, Am I next? I was going to hire Spreaker, for instance. Let me ask you that, because
1: you do a podcast that pushes some of the envelopes. Absolutely. You're a very highbrow podcast, but you are uh, not afraid to be offensive. Sure. Are you worried you're going to be next with We Are
0: Libertarians? So we don't, you know, we don't push conspiracy theories or anything like that, but I'm not afraid to ask a a question that may be unpopular. You know, for instance, I just said the Central Library downtown is the largest homeless shelter in the city, and that is true, true, and it's hate speech to some. Uh, Ben Shapiro, for instance, refuses, I don't agree with this, but Ben Shapiro refuses to use the pronouns of someone like Bruce Jenner uh, and refuses to call her Caitlyn, and that is hate speech to people in Silicon Valley. And so, I, I actually was going to hire Spreaker. I, I was going to use their service, and I was going to spend about $120 more a month with them, and I said, I'm not going to do that now, because as a political show, I don't know what your your phony baloney boundary for hate speech is. They didn't give me an example as to what the hate speech was. They just said, this is hate speech, so we banned him. It's like, no... You did what Pinterest and every other company did, is when Apple moved, it gave all the rest of you cover, and you were then able to get some earned media by picking on somebody that is unpopular. It, and freedom you, of- You, you, hold you on. are,
1: well, real quick, because you're doing, how many hits are you doing a week on your show?
0: Uh, we have, per episode, of eventually around 10,000 listeners, and so that's about 20,000 a week.
1: Okay, so are you concerned that it becomes how popular you, that, that you are, that, yeah. it, hey, if you got 10 listeners, they don't care, but Jones has got millions of people checking him out, you've got- tens of
0: thousands of people, that that's when they come shut you down. If you become politically powerful, then you become a problem. And Alex, they they don't, censors and people who want to control societies don't start with people like you and I, who may be kind of like sometimes we say things that are unpopular, but you can work for a major radio station. I work for another radio station in town that I won't mention. Um, But... (laughs) You know, it's
1: okay. My employers aren't as strict as yours.
0: Right. Well, so we we just it's uh, the Bob and Tom show. We uh, we don't have the same, you know, so we're not like in that field. But so they go after the white supremacists. They go after the Alex Jones. They go after hackers. They go after sex workers. They go after people that normal, decent people, quote unquote. We wouldn't defend their rights because they don't want social proof to make others think that they agree with those positions. And so it's really important that you stand up for the undefendables, because if you don't, then that builds the mechanisms that eventually erode your rights. And there is no doubt in my mind that Alex Jones got too popular after Donald Trump won, and they have been searching for a reason that Hillary Clinton lost and Donald Trump won. And it's anything other than than Hillary Clinton was the worst <laughs> candidate in the history of the earth, uh, and so it must be Alex Jones' fault. It must be these hundred thousand dollars in Russian ads. Never mind, Hillary spent two billion on Facebook ads and didn't win, you know. And so, Alex Jones never would have been banned from these platforms two months before a midterm primary, if. Donald Trump hadn't won and weren't saying things that were supportive of Donald Trump specifically, but also libertarians and conservatives. And I think libertarians always are, were, were rooted in property rights. That is the foundational principle of libertarianism, is that we believe in property rights. And that is the root of all freedom.
1: 93 W.I.B.C., Rob Kendall, The Rob Kendall Show, continuing our conversation with Chris Spangle of the We Are Libertarians radio network about social media censorship. Of course, the poster child for this is Alex Jones. I feel like they're making Jones a martyr
0: and he's growing more popular. Am I wrong? Oh, 100 percent Russian, Rob, uh, which is my nickname for Rob. He's a r- <laughs> Russian plant. He's responsible for Hillary Clinton losing. Um <laughs> So Alex Jones is 100% the test case. He is the beta case. Uh, You know, when you're doing an app, you launch a beta test, and this is the beta test. And it really is how how you know. Next, you'll start to see people like louder with Crowder. You'll see the chicks on the right. I think have a very realistic chance of being censored uh, on some of these platforms. you know all the fake news that they spread that I see all the time. Uh, <laughs> so, from their producer from their producer, especially Russian Rob Kendall. <laughs> uh, so you have uh, you have a, a test case going on, and they're they're never gonna get to the level of the weekly standard or the national review of people being banned. But the newer voices, the Breitbarts, the chicks on the right, you know, the the talk radio class, and even up into Fox News, I think you'll start to see uh, be be curtailed. It already has happened. I mean, I can tell you, you know, even even coming from non political brands, our video views have have uh, been cut by an order of magnitude. I mean, it's it's shocking how little play we get now on all the different pages that I run versus a year ago. I mean, they really have changed the game. Organic discovery of ideas, like the Chicks on the Right grew into a big brand because they had organic discovery, use these platforms to grow their voice. That wouldn't happen now. There is no mock-and-daisy in 2018. It's because they don't want a mock-and-daisy. They don't want a We Are Libertarians. They don't want a Rob Kendall having a voice because we say things that aren't what... Major politicians, establishment politicians, and corporate media is supposed to say. Like, it's supposed to be within the reasonable bounds that people of power have set.
1: Again, I guess Chris Spangle of the We Are Libertarians radio network, we're talking about social media, about banning people on social media. The chicks and I fight about this all the time because they're upset that they're doing this. And, and I always acknowledge them. Look, I owe the two most significant events of my professional life to Facebook. Mm-hmm. Winning town council right, and Donald Trump. The right. Trump interview. No Facebook. That doesn't happen. Right. So I have a really hard time being hard on Facebook and it comes back to it's their right to do it thing. But when I see the thing with Jones, I'm so conflicted because the the free market guy in me goes, well, you can do whatever you want.
0: Mm-hmm. But then the other side of me goes, well, I could be next. Being a test case, you have to scream. You have to screech, Rob. You have to make your voice heard. and And if you go to a bad restaurant and you have bad service, you don't sit there and go, well, it's their right to serve me bad food. You go, excuse me, can I speak to your manager? That's that's what you're doing here. You're saying to Facebook, and as conservatives, I imagine mostly conservatives are listening to this. Um, you know, there may be some liberals like Abdul listening, but <laughs> you... You have to speak up. You have to have your voice heard. You can't wash your hands of this because if you don't, what, what will ultimately happen, where we're going to end up with these companies is they'll end up with preferred news partners. And so you'll have the, the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN. They will be the preferred news partners and nobody else will really be able to talk politics on these platforms. Everybody will be majorly dethrottled. We'll give you news, but we'll give you the news that we want you to read. Who gets their news off Facebook? I think that it is. I think we're in a weird space uh, where Jonathan Haidt wrote this book about the divisions of politics and religion, why we're divided by it. And he just basically said, you know, the, the reality is that people just comment without thinking. And I think when you actually look at the facts of a, like the Bernie Sanders health plan, you kind of know it's bad. You kind of have heard. $2 trillion saved, maybe the Koch brothers said something nice, and you've gotten that news from Facebook. But if you listen to the most recent episode of We Are Libertarians, episode 307, and you hear the facts, you go, wow, is this a Trojan horse? This is the worst <laughs> piece of legislation ever. You, know, you, you get into the facts, and Facebook does not allow, as a platform in the way that it is designed, uh, the ability for you to have long-form discussions like you do on a radio show or a podcast. It is designed for those quick little serotonin hits that make you feel good. And being mean to people to the human brain is—it feels good. <laughs> you feel superior to this idiot that you just pwned on Facebook. That's what it's designed for. It's not designed for free speech. Again, our guest is Chris
1: Spangle from the We Are Libertarians Radio Network. I like Jones. I had a big fight with my boss today about Jones, and I said, "I like Jones. I think he's, I think he's nuts." But I think he's a provocateur, and I think he's a modern-day P.T. Barnum. Mm-hmm. And you know, Spangle, I like the I crazies. Know. I
0: love the crazies. You constantly say things on Facebook that are just patently untrue, <laughs> I, but very entertaining. I
1: love the guy with his shirt off doing the broadcast. <laughs> he's doing uh they They're bull- turning the
0: freaking frogs <laughs> gay!
1: <laughs> he's doing bullcrap testosterone <laughs> uh, pill commercials. I love the circus. I love the Sam Waltons, the Ray Crocs of the world. Right. And I listen to Alex Jones— purely for entertainment value which is why i listen to rush limbaugh what is wrong with that
0: why don't most people get this, this guy's just an entertainer he's the same dude you see on the big screen every day because people have such a it, it's weird that people have such a strong emotional attachment to politics and i think it might have been machiavelli or Klausewitz who said that politics is basically just violence without the actual <laughs> violence and that's sort of what it is it's and and we have Set the stakes because government inherently is force. I believe one thing. You believe another. I pass laws that tell you what you have to do. And if you don't do it, you're going to jail. You're going to be robbed of all your treasure and your rights. And so there's real stakes involved. Like policy really determines uh, the life or death of people. And so when people feel that their rights are being taken away, you know, it takes something like abortion. We believe, as I'm pro-life and I believe that the rights of an unborn child are being taken away, but there's a very real feeling on the other side that your their rights to their bodily autonomy is being taken away. And both sides are perfectly justified in feeling that the government force should be controlled by their side because it means life or death to them.
1: Now every time you make this argument uh, we do this on social media all the Mm -hmm. time, I always say well there's Spangle for killing those babies Right. Is that the average, I do it jokingly, but that's the average person's response. Right. Right.
0: Because I'm saying something that excuses the fact that they have a right to believe what they want to believe you're red herring me (laughs) and saying I must, you know there's this big fight in the Libertarian Party about there's like 12 Libertarian Socialists literally 12 out of thousands of people. And there's a group of people in the party who want to expel these people. And I'm like, there's twelve of them. But the t- more you expel these people, their ranks grow because you're you're it's the Streisand effect. Have you ever heard of this term? Explain it to our audience. Okay. So Barbara Streisand, this photographer takes a photo from a helicopter or something of a beach to sell to stock photo people. And it turns out it's Barbara Streisand's beach. And so it had been downloaded like 70 times. I'm exaggerating the numbers, but it was literally like very few around, you know, a couple dozen. And when she sued this photographer for violating her property rights by using uh, her her beach and, quote unquote, exposing where she lived, it has now been downloaded millions and millions of times because she drew attention to the fact that this useless, irrelevant thing existed. And so I think that is uh, inherent in human Thinking and I think part of the American system was built to get away from that constant fighting of strawmans and you if you don't agree with me you must be for the other side like our our system and freedom are designed for people to have the ability to think complex things and live complex lives. Without people fighting over who's forcing whom to do what. <laughs>
1: Rob Kendall, The Rob Kendall Show. My guest, Chris Spangle of the We Are Libertarians Radio Network. Okay, so as you know, the governor and I were feuding. Uh, are you, are does, you aware, is he uh, aware of this? Uh, it's the Peace Summit has been proposed.
0: I, I'm aware of this, but I doubt that the governor of Indiana there knows your name. There are
1: literally WIBC fans who on a daily basis beg for the Peace Summit to happen so I can help the governor save our state. Okay. Now, you know, I'm very mad about several issues.
0: Okay, let's hear that. Uh
1: Number one is the largest tax increase in the history of our mm-hmm. state, the gas tax. Sure. Uh, number two, I'm very angry about the metal detectors. I feel like that was uh, a millions and millions of dollar giveaway to the schools, many who didn't want them. Sure. And I'm very
0: mad about the proposed hate crimes bill. I agree with you on all three counts. Okay, but you love Holcomb. I think that Eric Holcomb is a very reasonable person. And
1: 45 he- tax increases is not reasonable.
0: Have you met Republicans, Rob? Like, you're a Republican. What surprises you about tax increases from Republicans? I
1: cut more taxes than any municipal legislator in the history of our state.
0: And what a shame that you're wasting your talents here at WIBC. Sundays
1: 1 to 3. Sundays
0: 1 to 3. And soon at we are libertarians.com. Uh And so, you, you, it, it, here's the deal. Republicans raise taxes. That's what Republicans do. Like that's why I'm I, I have been a libertarian for for a decade now. It's that Republicans talk one way and then do another thing. But in terms of the the most recent governors, uh, I know I know Holcomb about as well as another member of a different political party can know somebody. I mean. You know, when he was the chief of staff for Mitch Daniels, he would regularly invite us in and ask, you know, and say, the governor wants to know what is important to libertarians. And because at his core, he's a libertarian. He hands out Charles, you know, Mitch Daniels used to hand out.
1: How can you raise taxes 45 times and now, be a libertarian?
0: At, at Mitch Daniels' core, he's a libertarian is what Holcomb would say. And Holcomb, I believe, is as well. And what Mitch would Mitch would hand out copies of Charles Murray's "What It Means to Be a Libertarian," and so you that's th- fascinating. There, and every board, for instance, has to have a member of two political parties. And so the Daniels administration realized, why are we putting Democrats on boards when we could put libertarians on boards? And so Mark Rutherford, who's going, who is the best candidate the Libertarian Party has ever had for any office, for secretary, is running for Secretary of State. Uh, And he's, you know, he's the head of the Public Defenders Commission and has been, you know, for like a decade at this point uh, because he's so effective at it. And so, you know, in that experience, I found Holcomb to be a very level headed, reasonable person. He actually does have principles. He does think about things. But you having been an elected official, and this is what I tell libertarians all the time, is that when you actually get elected to an office, you have to govern, and choices have been made for the last 200 years that govern those choices, not just your principles. And so you have to make every decision from your principles, but you also have to deal with the realities of the choices that have been made by people like Evan By, for instance. Uh, so, so when you get on on him for for some of these, like the hate crimes, like the tax cuts, for instance. Tax hikes. Uh, tax hikes. I mean, there's no cutting. There, there's. You're exactly right. Raising taxes never actually alleviates the problem it's trying to achieve. But I also am uh, have been engaged in the political process enough to know. Like, there probably was an actual reason that the government had to raise taxes. I may not think it's legitimate. You may not think it's legitimate. But I'm sure if you sat down and had a conversation with Eric Holcomb, he would explain it to you. I'm trying. Uh, And and I hope that you do. Because uh, I I found Mike Pence, and I do believe Mike Pence, to be a very shallow person. (laughs) I think that Mike Pence is...
1: Oh, you have no idea.
0: ...fairly low intelligence. I think he was the worst governor. I was asked recently, like who's the most unpopular governor in, in modern history. And I said, without a doubt, it's Mike Pence. He was the least achieving of the governors. He had a great situation because he inherited uh, something from a governor who was fantastic. And like, as the head of the Libertarian Party during the Mitch years, when he would give the state of the state, we didn't. You'll notice we didn't put out refutations. There was no LPIN response during those years because there wasn't much. We were we were like, what are we going to do? Agree with him, right? And so I see Eric Holcomb to be a continuation of a lot of those things, and I think that, you know, he is. Um, a reasonable person. I'm not going to say I agree with his policy decisions, and for the most part, I don't know what most of those are. I only know what he does because I follow you on Facebook,
1: and I complain um, a lot.
0: I think the hate crimes legislation, I think, is uh, you know, it's 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 one of those things that politicians do to try and curry favor. With a certain crowd of people, and I mean the media. Uh, you know, like Rand Paul constantly, like, oh, I don't know if I'm gonna vote for Donald Trump's nominee. And then 100% of the time he does. But he does it to get press for himself. You know, and the reality of adding the hate crime stuff, the LGBT community, the hate crime stuff is. It's fairly low impact in the daily lives of most Hoosiers. It's great talk radio material. And sometimes great talk radio material doesn't actually translate to a whole hill of beans in the impact of a daily person. Let life. me
1: ask you this, because some people have actually said this to me, mm-hmm. and I'll get your opinion on this. If I run as a libertarian for governor, could I get 10% against Holcomb just running against Holcomb? Could I pull the 10%
0: because I'm a pretty charismatic candidate. Uh, I think it's really possible. And I have to say the Libertarian Party's base, like vote total when I came in in 2008, was 1%. And that that floor is now near 5%. And I think you have a real, there's a real chance that Mark Rutherford is going to get over 10%. Which I think would be phenomenal. Which would put us in, you know, the LPIN would be major party status, would have, uh, basically, it would be allowed to register people to vote um so and i think that that you have a shot at 10 percent, just because i think the floor has risen so high for the LPI. because
1: several libertarians have reached out and i said ah, i don't know i don't want to go back to politics i got a right. great job here
0: uh trust me being on the media side now stay where you're at but it's I shouldn't so much do it. more. you shouldn't do it
1: but i really really would like to get that 10 percent. I'd, I'd like to help you guys out i'm a giving person
0: uh, i know you're very generous <laughs> you're very thorough. <laughs> Uh, and so it would be I,
1: the best debates ever.
0: I would nominate you. The
1: Democrat would not even exist in those debates. He would have no
0: floor time. Well, I don't think that would be a problem anyways.
1: Chris Spengel, where can people find you? You do a great job with We Are Libertarians.
0: Yeah, if uh, if you found me in, in interesting or slightly engaging even, check us out at wearelibertarians.com. I do a twice-weekly podcast around uh, news and issues. I was Abdul's producer for many years, so I've learned a lot from him. I've learned nothing from Rob, which is why you love the show. <laughs>
1: Stick around. More on the way coming up next. You're listening to 93 WIBC The Rob Kendall Show.